Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Well, let's go into the Word. I want you to go to Luke, Luke chapter 6. Um, Luke chapter 6. And then we're going to go today. To, then we'll go to Matthew and then to Genesis. Praise God. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Listen to what the Bible says. Give. Everybody's just, just quit. Just look up now. Give. Let's shout it on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. Give, and it will be given to you. But God said, the way you give it ain't the way you're going to get it back. <laughs> Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. Will be put into your bosom. The King James said, will men put into your bosom? For with the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. So I'm not going to go into this other part today, but I just encourage those of you today, as you go home, Take some time, read the story of the parables of the minas and the talents. Study them and remember this phrase. Watch this. For with the same measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. And can, let the Spirit of God connect them for you today. Ah, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 6. We're going, to be, we're going to read a couple of scriptures there. Then we're going to tie this up together in Genesis. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, that's not an excuse for you to be broke as a joke and can't buy a Coke. It's not an excuse to have a poverty mentality. He's just saying, listen... Don't, don't, don't let what your life is about trying to build some kind of kingdom on the earth. He said, because all this is leaving. Come on, somebody. All this is going. Now lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There. Everybody shout there. Uh, I keep saying I'm going to preach a message or a series called A Place Called There. There your heart will be also. Now let's go over to Genesis chapter 14 and then after that we're going to pray. And after that you can be seated. Genesis 14. You're probably wondering what in the world does Matthew 6, Luke 6 and Genesis 14 have to do together? Genesis 14 and verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God, most high. Look up real quick. Hebrews says, and we didn't have time to read it today, but Hebrews says of this man right here, there was neither end nor beginning. You can't trace his lineage. Okay? That means he is a typology of Christ. Y'all understand that? 
That means a typology of Christ. I'm not saying he was Jesus. I'm saying he was a typology of Christ who shows up in the Old Testament because there was nobody greater that Abraham could tie to. So he, a typology of Christ shows up here. Watch this. And, you, and if you'll study that bread and wine, when he brings out bread and wine, that's because there's a covenant at hand. That's what we just did now, just in case you've missed that. There's a covenant at hand that's being made here. And blessed, and, and in verse 19, he, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, and, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tithe of all. Everybody shout tithe. Now we'll talk about that in a minute for all our math majors. Praise God. Verse 21. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram. All right, so let, let me paint, paint this up real quick for you because I don't know if I'm going to have time to really go into it a lot in my message. Abram has his nephew taken and, 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 and has all these things that are taken, but then Abram goes and gets them back. When, he's, when he comes back, the king, of, the king of Salem, the typology of Christ comes out says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. Here's the bread, here's the wine, but where's your part? Watch this. Abram says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a tithe, a tenth of everything I have. He said, okay, now we're in covenants. The covenant is now made. Once the covenant is made, watch, here comes the king of Sodom who represents the world system. And the world's way of doing things and says, let me connect with you on this. There we go. Now we've brought it to where we need to be. King of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons and you take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing so obviously in this covenant that was between Abram and Melchizedek, there was more going on than just what we read. There was more happening. He said, I've raised my hand that I won't take anything from a thread to a sandal strap and that I will not take anything that is yours lest you say, I have made Abram rich. Let me tie this together before we pray today. So here, God, obviously in this covenant, when he turned around and gave a tenth to Melchizedek, the, the, the covenant was, listen, you give me a tenth and I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you very wealthy. I'm going to make you very rich and I'm going to bless everything you put your hands to. Here's the covenant. The king of Sodom shows up and says, I want to give you a different way to get rich. I want to give you a different system. He says, I will not touch your system because if I touch your system, the glory that's supposed to go to God is now going to go to you. I just want to lay this out here. Your tithe and offering has everything about who is going to get the glory for your life. I feel I'm kicking some religious devils right now. That's what people don't understand. They think it's all about, oh, I'm going to give my money to a man. No, 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 no. It's about who can say. Can your boss say it? Can the government say it? 
can your family say it or can only God say, I have blessed this person. Whoever you tithe to, listen now, I'm not talking about here. Whoever gets that is who gets the glory for your life. Except only that what the young men have eaten, Abraham said, I ain't gonna make them throw up. And the portion of the men who went with me, watch this, verse 15, chapter one. After these things, let's say that on the count of three. One, two, three. After these things, not before, but after Abram said, hey, let me make a covenant with Melchizedek, the priest of Salem or the king of Salem, that means king of peace, says, let me do this right here. And after he makes a covenant with him, Genesis 15, one, after these things, after he tithed to, to Melchizedek, watch this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. Now, why was Abram afraid? Think about this. This is, just getting you, this is just getting you up to where I can preach and teach today. Why was he afraid? Because he had just told the most powerful king of the world system, I don't want nothing to do with you. You ain't got nothing to do with this and I don't have nothing to do with you. My God, what if the church today said, I am kicking the world out of me. I'm in it, but I ain't of it. And what if they said, I don't have nothing to do with you and you ain't got nothing to do with me. And I am giving all my glory to God. So he was afraid and God came to him and said, hold on. Do not be afraid, Abram. Why? Because when you have given a tithe, I've already, I, ha, I will rebuke the devourer. Now listen to this. I am your shield. I am your protector. Because when you came into covenant with me, what is mine became yours. But watch, what is yours became, we're in covenant. So that means if the king of Sodom can bring me down, Abram, he can bring you down. This is covenant. That's why, the, that's why the enemy fights you so hard in your giving. Because he does not want that covenant being made on a regular basis. He said, I am your shield. If they can get through me, they can get to you. And I am your exceedingly great reward. Everybody shout reward. In other words, and, uh, that's also translated this way. And your reward shall be very great. Now we're about to go into second, the second part today of March Madness. And I'm going to just, I'm going to preach a message today called, is it luck or is it faith? Is it luck or is it faith? Let's bow our heads and pray today. Father, in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, Lord, I stand before your dear people that you have blessed, anointed, you've bought with the blood of your own son. God, today let revelation break, break free in this house so that your people are never, ever the same. May your perfect will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come. 
on earth as it is in heaven. Look upon my availability and not my ability. Spirit of God, I trust and depend so much on you and you alone. Now today, glorify Jesus and move in this place. In the name of Jesus. I started a series last week called March Madness. It's basically a play on words of the college basketball tournament that goes on every March. And uh, they call it March Madness because all the games that are played, they call it March Madness because of some of the stuff that you see during that time. You see basketball played at a level uh, in college that, that you don't see many times. And, and I know I don't have a collegiate jersey on today. I got the, the goat's jersey on today. Yeah, I know I might not have many Jordan fans in the house, but Jordan's better than LeBron. Amen. But anyway, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Amen. But I called it March Madness. The Holy Spirit, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to do this. And I was like, why? This don't have nothing to do with giving. It has nothing to do with tithing. It has really nothing to do with the kingdom. And then the Holy Spirit put it in my heart. And he said, hold on one second. He said, we're going to call it March Madness. He said, because what is madness to the world is wisdom in the kingdom of God. You see, it's what's madness to the world. When you come and bring your tithes, you return the tithe and give of your offerings. That is absolutely madness to the world. But that's okay because the Bible says, says that, that the ways of the Lord and the ways of salvation is absolutely, they can't even understand it. It is such madness to them, they think it's foolishness, but to those who are saved, it is the power of the living God unto salvation. And so many times when, when, we, when, when we listen to the world about our giving in the kingdom, don't expect any good thing to come from them. It is absolute, it's just ludicrous to them. It's madness to them. Now today I want to I wanna tie it in this way uh, uh, because I told you we're going to title the message today, Is It Luck or Is It Faith? Many times uh, we look at one of these players that are, are playing out on a court at a high level and we wonder, or, or we might say things, and this is what I say when my team don't win. Uh, it wasn't nothing but luck. If my team don't win, I say it was luck. If my team wins, I say it was all skill. That's just how I am. But anyway, we, we, look, at a, we look at somebody who's playing at a high level and we say, oh, they, they got lucky or, or we see a player that makes a great shot and says, oh, that was all luck or we, or, or we, we see somebody uh, with, that's born with a special ability. There are some people that are just born with athletic ability and, and that kind of, of, of gifting in their life and we, and we just say, you know what, man, I guess they just got it and nobody else has it. And I'm sure there are times when, when players get lucky and throw a ball up and somehow it just goes in the goal. And I'm sure there are people that have abilities that excel above others, but let me just say this and then I'm about to tie it in. Don't check out on me. For the most part, what you see being portrayed at a collegiate level or even at the, at the professional level, it is not luck at all. 
It's, it's not just someone having an ability that's better than everyone else. What you see being portrayed is years and years of hard work, years and years of sacrifice, and years of years of the people willing to do what somebody else was not willing to do. In the video last week that I showed of Michael Jordan, I don't know if you caught it, and they, they said, what do you say when people say that was luck? He said, it wasn't luck at all. I had practiced my whole life for a game-ending shot and he said on game six when they threw me the ball this wasn't luck I had turned I had practiced my whole life to be in a position like this watch this now preacher what all this is great but what does it have to do with offerings and giving sometimes if we're not careful we look at people in the church who are being blessed blessed financially or blessed in other ways of their lives and we say oh they're just they just lucky or we say they're just extra blessed or we say God just makes it easier for them than he does for others or he we say uh, we say well I just they just got it and we don't but let me say that's not true the devil is a liar the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons here we go now looking at a blessed child of God and thinking that it's luck or happenstance is like looking at Michael Jordan and overlooking the countless hours of practice and the years of sacrifice he has put in. When you see a believer walking in the blessings of God, it is not by accident. Here we go. Ah, thank you, Jesus. When you see a believer of God walking in the blessings of God, it, 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 they didn't just fall into this. They didn't just happen to step into this. They didn't just all of a sudden go around a corner and it hits. I want you to know God does not sell scratch-off tickets and quick picks. No, the kingdom of God is sowing and reaping, not scratching and guessing. There is something to this thing right here, and it ain't just you walking into some kind of luck. God says, if you obey the word, I'll bless you. We look at the kingdom like we go into a 7-Eleven or like we go into a gas station and say, let me get a scratch-off ticket. Can I tell you, that ain't nothing that's got it. That don't have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. He says, if you obey me and you walk up right before me, I will bless you so much, I'll tackle you with my blessing. The blessing of the Lord shall overtake you. Hallelujah. Glory. The kingdom ain't scratching and guessing. Some of us come before God and we look at other blessed people as if they just happen to be that way. Are you kidding me? Watch this. You know what people don't realize. People don't know about the times that you sat down at your kitchen table. I feel like preaching now and had to decide whether you're going to pay a bill or you're going to write a check for your tithe. People don't know about the times when you had $20 left of your name and God said, I want you to give it to the missionary and I'll bless your socks off. People don't know about the times when you turn around and got a raise and you were about to get a little bit ahead and God said, give all that to missions this year and I'll bless you. People don't know about the times when you started saving some money and you were ready to get ahead a little bit and God said take it go buy that car and give it to the single mom they don't know about these times mm. people don't know about the times when somebody stole from you and God said don't sue them sew them 
Oh, we're going to preach today a little bit in this thing right here. Oh, people don't know about the times. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. People don't know about the times when you could have told a little lie and made a lot or tell the truth and not make anything. But you stood in the holiness and in the righteousness of God and said, I will not sell my soul for what the world has to offer, but I'll stand in the power of God. I will not take the way of Sodom. I'll take the way of Melchizedek and let the Lord bless my life. Ah, people don't know about them times. That's the reason you got to be careful putting your mouth on preachers. And on people of God, oh, I can't stand to hear somebody talk about a TV, somebody's on TV and somebody say, you don't know their seed. How dare you judge their harvest? Until you have seen their seed, you better keep your mouth off their harvest because all you did is disconnect yourself from receiving what is slowing down from them. Ah. Hallelujah. What people don't know is the time that God rewarded you for these things. If you've never been in one of them situations, then start giving. Hallelujah. Start giving. What you see happening in the kingdom of God and in this church right now, it's not by luck. Do, Do you, are you kidding me? It's not by luck. It's not by accident. What you see happening in this house right now is faith, obedience to the word of God and the overwhelming goodness of the most high God that can't nobody do nothing about. Don't forget about his goodness. The faith to believe what God has said, the obedience to obey what he said and the assurance that he is good and his goodness will overwhelm us in the day of living. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I want you to go today to Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. If you're writing a, if you're writing notes today, if you're taking notes, I want you to put number one, there is always, everybody shout always. I didn't hear nothing from over here. I said, there is always, there is always blessing connected to the commands of God. No, not sometime, not most time, always. Don't you let anybody else tell you any different. There is always blessing connected to to the commands of God. There is never a time that God commands something out of us that a blessing is not connected to it. Matter of fact, listen, you can say it like this. There is never a time that God commands something out of us that his reward is not connected to it. Go to Hebrews 11 verse 6. Everybody shout reward. But without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. And he is, he is a far greater rewarder than anything or anyone that you could possibly fathom on this earth. Hallelujah. He is a rewarder. Go to Genesis 15.1. We read it earlier, but I want to read it again. 
after these things, after Abram gave a tie to Melchizedek, the word of the Lord came to him in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and I am your exceedingly great reward. You can't find one time in this Bible where God commands something out of his children and he does not have his reward or his blessings connected to it. Contrary to what the world and the media says about God, he is not some egotistical maniac sitting in heaven trying to play you like a pawn on a chessboard. He is not some old gray-headed man sitting in heaven worrying about how to keep his throne. His thoughts towards you are good thoughts, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope and to give you a future. He is not sitting up there worrying about how to get you out of your mess. Hallelujah. Listen to what Malachi says in Malachi 3. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have I robbed you? He says, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Stop right there. He wasn't placing a curse on them. I'm about to teach for a minute. He wasn't placing a curse on them. He was saying, because you have refused to do what I said, the curse that is connected to what you're receiving has now come on you. Oh, hallelujah. He said, it's on you. See, when you turn, when you get, when you receive your check or when you receive money, uh, I, I tithe on everything. Everything. Somebody say error stuff. I, I tithe on all of it. It don't matter. I don't care. Well, you've already tithed on that and it came back to you. I'm going to give him some more. I can't outgive him. How am I going to outgive him? See, when you, when you, when you are paid or when, when, when you receive money, it is part of a system. Everybody say system. It's part of a system that is not a godly system. It's a Babylonian system that has the curse with it. So when it comes to you, it doesn't curse your soul, but it has the ability to put something bad on your finances. God said, if you will give me the tenth of it, I'll take the curse off of it and I'll take what the rest of it and bless it and make it more than all of it could have been in the first place. That's why you see believers, they might not have the, they might not have as much money as somebody in the world has, but they have peace and they have stuff that the world can't buy that God has placed on their life and it's because the curse has been broken off of it. Glory. That's why. My God, I feel like teaching now. And y'all better take the clock off that backboard. Amen. I'm just, I can't see it anyway. So somebody, somebody tell me what, it, what, what, what time it was yesterday, not today, so I can have that extra hour. Hallelujah. See, see when you, that's what happens. See, you, you're, 
people lie to you. People sit there and say, uh, it's all about a man. It's all about giving money to this system. Let me tell you something. Do not be, do not listen to them or you're going to be like them. How, why is it that the church and the people of God want to go when it, when you're ready to start tithing and giving, you go talk to your backslidden uncle that's been drunk for three years that used to be saved and in the ministry and ain't in it no more and now wants to give you some kind of advice about how to live for God. You need to disconnect yourself and say, let every man be a liar and let God be true. Go down and talk to, listen to some backslidden relative tell you about tithing or why you shouldn't be doing it. Why ain't he in the house of God? Why ain't he serving the Lord? You want to be like that? Then don't do what he does. My God, I feel that thing. Well, I, I, went, I went and talked to my cousin, and my cousin said he, that, that we ain't supposed to be tithing, and that was in the Old Testament, and we ain't supposed to be doing it. And I'm saying, what church does he go to? Oh, he don't have one. I went and talked to my, I went and talked to my uh, so-and-so, my friend, and they said, I ain't supposed to be doing this, and they don't, and that ain't of God. And I said, well, where do they work? Oh, they don't have no job. They were, I went over there to loan them some money. And you want to be like them? See, I told you I'm going to kick some religious devils right up out of your mind. Well, you want to be like them? Depending on the government? No, no, you're a child of the most high God. Listen to what I've got to say today. I'm telling you right now, when you study the word of God, the kings were never before the prophets. The prophets were before the king. God set this thing up that the prophets will bless a nation. How are we going to receive from something that's lesser than the kingdom? Come on, people of God. Hallelujah. Well, let me go into that right there. I don't even know what point I'm on. So let's, let's hit the elephant in the room. It ain't even an elephant in this room because we, we, we like choked this devil out about three years ago. But just in case some of you brought it with you from another place. Well, we're not supposed to tithe because tithing is of the law and the law is not anymore. So therefore, tithing is not supposed to be going on. So therefore, uh, we don't tithe. Listen, I don't tithe after the order of Aaron. I tithe after the order of Melchizedek. And Hebrews 6 and 7 says that Christ or that Melchizedek came after or that Christ came after the order, not of Aaron, after the order of Melchizedek in whom's kingdom there shall never be an end and he shall stand forever. So when I tithe, I ain't placing myself under a law. I'm stepping up after the order of Melchizedek saying whatever is God is mine and whatever mine is God. Hallelujah. It is after the order of Melchizedek 
And listen, the, the Bible says, oh, I feel a teacher's anointing coming on me right now. The Bible says that under the law, they gave their tithes to men and they gave them to the Levites and they gave them to the temple. He said, but not so when it comes to the order of Melchizedek. He said, because Abraham tied to Melchizedek and therefore, since he is a typology of Christ, he did not give it to men. He gave it to God. When you tithe under this order, you ain't giving to a man. You ain't keeping no lights on. You are connecting with the very covenant of heaven that says, if I lack, you'll lack. The order of Melchizedek. When you tap into this, you ain't never going to be the same again. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I ain't given to some broke down system. I ain't given to some kind of worldly system. I ain't even given trying to pay the rent on this place. I am getting in covenant with God that says if I can rain manna down for 40 years every single day for 2 million plus people, why do you think I can't pay your light bill? Why do you think I can't pay your car? My set that day. Why do you think I can't bless you? Why do you think I can't open the heavens over you? Why you think I'm lacking when it comes to you? Not, I'm not tithing after the order of Aaron. I'm tithing after Melchizedek, king of righteousness, king of Salem, in whom there was neither father nor mother, beginning nor end. When you tithe, yes, when you put yourself under the law, you are given to man because that's what the system is. But not when you give, when you tithe under the order of Melchizedek. You are giving to God. And God won't be outdone. He will not be outdone. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. So away with that foolishness. I said away with that foolishness. I said away with that foolishness. I had, I had one old greedy person several years ago come in and talking about time and it ain't of the Lord and it ain't of the, this age and stuff. I said, well, why don't you go start your church? Why don't you go start a church and you teach everybody not to tithe? He said, well, I don't have the money to start a church. I said, I rest my case. Come on, somebody. I rest my case. I refuse. Yay, ha, ha. I refuse. I said, I refuse to give in to the kingdom of Sodom and to a world's way. Uh-uh. I know that my Redeemer lives, and I know that he's able to bring me up from wherever I'm at worried about that stuff hallelujah glory be to God it's religious talk let let me say this anytime this is the key now if you we want to write something down write this down anytime you touch on a subject that the word of God commands that the world doesn't understand and the religious hate you're in a good position 
You are in the very kingdom and the teaching of God. Because the Bible says the world can't understand it because these things are not naturally discerned. They are spiritually discerned. And if you'll watch the life of Jesus everywhere he went, the world might not understood it, but the religious hated it. And he was right there in the kingdom teaching and preaching the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So if the religious people rise up against you and the world can't understand you, stay where you're at. You don't found the bread basket. That's the reason I don't trip on people hating on me. I don't trip on, I don't trip on the keyboard commanders. I told my wife one day, I said, you want to know why there's so many keyboard commandos? Now, this ain't from the Lord. This is from me. I said, because folk don't serve knuckle sandwiches anymore. I said, that's from me, not the Lord. When folk, you serve up knuckle sandwiches, everybody didn't sit behind a keyboard and start typing stuff. Anyway, I'm back in the spirit. I'm back in the spirit. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I ain't, I'm not advocating you go out there and punch people. I'm just stating a fact. I'm not going to let the keyboard commandos tell me anything. If I were to listen to the keyboard commandos, if I were to listen to the world, if I were to listen to the religious, I would still be back where I used to be way back, way back when I was in a 61 model trailer in a single wide and couldn't even buy food for me and my wife. But God said, if you'll trust me in this thing and you'll get in covenant with me, I will bless everything you put your hands to. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life and you will never Never lack anything. And I decided I'm going to let God be true and let every man be a liar. Because when I followed man before, they led me to a miry clay. But when I followed God, he picked me up out of that stuff and set me at the Father's table and let me feast from a meal that I had never eaten of. And I hear the Lord saying, come and eat of me. And he who eats of me shall never hunger. And he who drinks of me shall never thirst. For I am a fountain that shall never run dry. I am the Spirit. And I I have given you an incorruptible seed. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I have been made new. Somebody shout new. That, that means, brothers and sisters of the Most High God, that means you are a new creation. Yes, you are looked at as an alien in this world. Do you want to know why? Because you're in it, but you're not of it. You are from a different place. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God, and you operate and live by different rules, different sets of standards. You operate and live by a different system, and that system is that as long as there is winter and there is summer, as long as there is day and there is night, there shall be seed time and harvest, and God will provide and bless you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's in case you don't know, I was quoting the Bible right there. In Genesis chapter 8. It says as long. Everybody say as long. In other words, if you can, if if and one of you or you in Facebook land, YouTube land, wherever. If any one of you 
can keep it from going dark tonight. If any of you can stop the seasons, then you can stop seed time and harvest. But I ain't seen nobody, not one, not under heaven. And there's only one, there's only one in heaven that can stop that. And he says, as long as that's going on, if you put your seed in the ground, I'm going to put a harvest in your hand. I love it. Oh, I feel, I feel that, that religious devil just, it's, I mean, kicked out some more, but I got a little more to kick it out. You want to know why some of us struggle with what you're hearing right now? You have been taught. You have been taught a system of religious thinking that presents itself as a godly living. It's a religious system that presents itself as godly living. Here we go. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I like that. If... (laughs) I like to talk to him. I like to talk to him. If poverty was holiness, then tell me why God never rewarded anybody for it or with it. Abraham, you've trusted me. You had faith. You believed on me, so I'm going to make you poor the rest of your life. Tell me why God never rewarded anybody with it. Find it. No, I don't care what the preacher down the road said. Find it. He didn't. It's a lie. And it makes religious people feel good about their flesh. Makes them feel good about, about, about why they are where they are and why they sh- and it makes them feel comfortable about why they should never do anything to get out of it. God never rewarded anybody with that. Matter of fact, he's so, he's so uh, bent on this. He said, I tell you what, my son, Jesus, He said, he's my only begotten. He said, no, 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 there ain't a prophet that can compare to him. There ain't nobody that can even touch him. He is my only begotten. He said, this is what I'm going to do. He's going to become poor. So that you can become Well, they're talking about spiritual. No, 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 no. If you look that up, look in the context. Look in the context. You want to know why there's such a push against this? Because the enemy wants to keep the church begging. (laughs) Let me waste everybody's time all day long and make $58. Wants to keep the church begging where they can't never do anything. They can't reach the lost. 
They can't send missionaries overseas. They can't turn around and build bigger buildings so they can reach more lost people. They can't go buy vans so they can go and get people who don't have a ride and bring them into the house so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They can't turn around and buy a bunch of Bibles and send them into a place where there ain't none. They want to, The enemy wants to keep the church broke and broken down. But I'm telling you, with a revival that's happening right now, God is saying this is an end time anointing that's going to come on my house and it ain't going to be just for the people. I'm going to bless my people, but I'm going to see my kingdom come and I'm going to see my gospel preached to the four corners of this earth. Think about this, Pastor Antoine. Think about this. And I'm not going to say it, but, but think about if I said, hey, church, let me tell you about what this new school's costing. Let me tell you about what it's going to cost. And then all of a sudden, this person over here, because God's just unblessed them so much, they can't even stand it. They can't even, they don't have no room to put it. And this person right here is sitting there saying, man, I, I don't even know where it's all coming from. And I got somebody over here that says, I'm telling you right now, I, I just want to give so much. I, I love it so much. I just get to laughing and I just get to loving on the Lord. And I, and all of a sudden, boom, the needs met. Pow, right there. The needs met. I know this is foreign for some of you, but for those of you that have faith to hear and an ear to hear what the spirit is saying. God's raising these people up right in front of your eyes. Right in front of your eyes, these people are being raised up. Don't owe nobody nothing but to love them. And God is putting more in their hands. You want to know why? Because they can, he can trust them with it. And they're not sitting down there trying to figure out how many homes they can buy. And they're not sitting down there trying to figure out how many automobiles they can buy. God's saying, no, I'll do all that for you. That ain't nothing. What do I care if you have another home? What do I care if you got another car? Just bless my kingdom so that my gospel can go to the four corners of this earth. And when you do that, you have placed yourself a part of the harvest. Hallelujah. And when you connect yourself to the harvest, oh dear Jesus, when you connect yourself to the harvest, you have connected to the supernatural. God takes your natural, puts his super on it, and multiplies it. Well, pastor, I don't know about that. Okay, let me read a, read a verse of scripture. I, I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be done in a minute, but I just, I feel the Lord teaching people right now. And so for those of you that have to beat somebody to the chicken line, we, we really do appreciate you coming today. And we pray that you'll come back. I'm for real. I, I, I know that sounds funny, but I'm for real. I do appreciate you being here. But the Bible says, everybody say the Bible says. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Now, if you are in need of a harvest, chance if you came up to me and said, 
Pastor, I want to plant, I want to have a harvest of corn. I'm not going to give you ears of corn. I'm going to give you corn seed. Now, if you go eat your corn seed, I can't help you. Because harvest comes in seed form. So you're sitting there praying for God to help you pay a light bill. Really? I mean, like, I don't even know, I don't even know if you can, you've tapped into God yet. You want to know why? Man, I can pay you a light bill. If I had some cash on me, I'd start giving it away right now. I could pay your light bill. Man, ask God to do something I can't do. Ask God to do something a man can't do. And a man, watch this, can't multiply. <laughs> he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed. A man can't multiply your seed. You ask God for seed and then you plant it like God tells you to plant it. And then ask him to multiply it. I feel the liberty to tell this story. Uh, Y'all remember the first time no, I'm not going to tell the boy, I'd be, I've had some haters right here, amen, but um, not in here, but maybe out there. <laughs> but y'all remember the first time that uh, the Lord commanded us as, as pastors to go away for 40 days. Uh, so I said, God, the deal is, is that, that's kind of expensive, <laughs> you know, to go away 40 days, that's expensive, God. And if you said it, then you supply it. He said, okay, that ain't no problem. So anyway, that, that morning, God said, I tell you what, I want you to sow a $50 seed. I said, God, I'm way past $50 seeds. Listen to pride. It rose up in me before I even knew it. I said, God, I'm way past $50 seeds. He says, who's supplying, you or me? <laughs> He said, just do what I said do, son. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just do what I said do. I said, okay. All right, then. Here's a $50 seed. I'm willing to give 500, God. I'm willing to give 1,000, but here's a $50 seed. I said, that's all I asked. That day, by, at the end of service, somebody walked up to me. I said, Pastor, the Lord told me to give you this. It's a $5,000 check. That ain't in. Well, well, we just starting. I went to walk out of the sanctuary. Another person came up to me and said, God told me to give you this. This is a $3,000 check. I got home that day, and I guess I'm about to, I hate, I hate raising haters up, but I, I want you to see the goodness of God, okay? So here we go. Here we go. That day I got home, there was a, uh, there was a, uh, a distribution check from our company for about $26,000. 
And then the board walked up and said, Pastor, we don't want you to come out of your pocket one penny for this time away. Here's some more. In one day. In one day. I've never seen that happen in my life. Ever. In one day. God took a $50 seed and put over $40,000 in my hand and said, now what? Now what, son? What you want to do now? I told you, you ain't going to catch me. My God in heaven. And I know some of you might be there might be a few of you gritting your teeth at me, but for the majority, that just gave you some faith and some help to know that I'm telling you, we serve a God that can do exceedingly and abundantly above what you could think or even imagine or ask right now. And if you'll put him, the Bible says, if you'll test me now on this, I will open for you the windows, not of man, but the windows of heaven. And I'll bless you so abundantly that you will not ever, you won't even have room room enough for it. It won't even have room enough. I looked around that day and I said, my God, you were serious about providing for it, wasn't you? You were serious, God. I, I didn't know. Man, I wish I could put in the words what I'm trying to say. My language, I don't have it. Holy Ghost, just hit them. Just hit them. I, I can't even tell them what I'm trying to say. Hit them. I, I just, I'd never seen that. I heard of it before, but I ain't never seen nothing like that. Ever had I been a part of something like that. Mike, will you go? Mike, will you go get my checkbook out of my top drawer? I got to sow a seed right now, sir. I feel it. Let me tell you one more story, and then I'm gonna, and then I'll try to be done. I, I don't even know where I'm at in my notes right here. Anyway, uh, this church. When I became the pastor, I said, uh, I said, uh, I told the board, I said, we, boy, we, we was in some tight spots. Now, have you ever been in a tight spot, right? You know what I'm saying? Let me tell you what this tight spot was. $1.4 million in debt, and we didn't have enough people to come in to even make the mortgage. That's tight. Everything in you wants to cut ministry down. Everything in you wants to start taking from this. Everything in you wants to stop this. Everything in you wants to stop that and try to do it your way, right? Yeah. But what did God say? Sow a seed. Yes. So I said, I told the board, I said, guys, I feel like the Lord tells me this is way above our missions giving. I ain't talking about missions giving now. Way above it. I said, I feel like the Lord's telling us to take 10% of our general fund, everything that goes in, and we sow it outside of this church to somebody else's ministry. Man, we don't have that. But that board turned around and prayed and said, I feel as good of the Holy Ghost. 
Let's do it. The blessing and grace of God came on this thing. Church, I was looking around about a year and a half later after that. That was back when Pastor Deborah was our administrator and executive pastor. They told me what was in the account. I said, there's got to be a big mistake. I said, Pastor Deborah, there ain't no way. She said, Pastor, I'm just telling you what they told me. I said, call them up. I don't want to be spending no money that ain't mine. Call them up. She called them up, checked everything. She said, Pastor, I'm telling you, that's what it is. I said, okay, well, praise God. Our checking account for this church had tripled in about a year. I couldn't figure out what was happening. I didn't know what was happening. Three years came in. Y'all remember in the recession when the banks were going down real hard and stuff, and they was talking about they, they were lowering, lowering the FDIC coverage and stuff. And so we sat around as a board and we said, we got to put money somewhere. You won't have room enough to contain it. Watch. So we turned around. We had to take out of this one count, and then we opened up another count over here. And before we know it, we had to take out of that count and then open up another count over here. And before we knew it, we took out of that and then put it in this over here. And before we knew it, we put right here and then put, we did not have room enough to contain it. I watched the blessing of God come on this house so powerful. The grace of God come on it. And, and when I looked at that thing and, and that one more testimony. Can I get one more in, guys? I know I done lost a few people already, but I, I'm not trying to waste your time. But one more testimony. And when y'all know this, many of y'all that's around here, but for anybody who's new today, we needed a building. We needed a property. My God, we was doing three services over there at Dub Walker. We didn't, have, we didn't have no room to do anything. The children's facilities were maxed out. Everything was maxed out. The sanctuary was, was, was maxed out. We couldn't, I mean, it was just nothing to do. And, and I, we had tried to build, but I didn't, feel the, I didn't feel the opening of God to do that. I said, Lord, I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, there was a missionary that came in that day. He, he turns around and ministers to orphans in Moldova. And uh, he was up there. And while he's preaching, the Holy Ghost said, don't you let him leave here without his need being met. I said, God, that's a big old need. He said, I've given you a big old harvest. Don't let him leave here without his need being met. And he stood up here and he said, we're trying to build an orphanage for deaf orphans over in Moldova. And he said, I'm just telling you. It was... And he said, I don't, he said, man, he said, we, we've done put a down payment down, but if we don't add the money in a week, all of our money's going to be gone. Our earnest money's going to be gone. We're not going to get the building. And I said, Lord, okay. I met with that board back there and I said, guys, this is something serious right here. We got to write a big old check. That man cannot leave here without that thing. God's done said. And they said, okay, pastor, let's do it. And we put that check in that hands, that the man, the hands of that man. And he went off to build that orphanage in Mold. 
Moldova. And about three weeks later, this whole property opened up right here. And we walked in this thing debt free. And we don't know nobody on it, nothing but to love them and to be glorious before God. I'm telling you, I serve a God. He says, if you sow seed, I'll, bring, I'll give you a harvest. You cannot outgive me on this. You got to let every man be a liar and let God be true. I serve a good God. I serve a gracious God. I serve a merciful God. And I serve a generous God. And I could keep testifying. My God, I could keep testifying of the goodness of God, man. Of how the Lord is just overabundantly blessed me and this house and our family. I mean, my, my parents don't have one sibling that don't know the Lord. They don't have one grandkid that don't know the Lord. Not one. And we got a big old family. We like baby's kids. They everywhere. Not one. Church. Not one. Won't you ask God to do something a man can't? Not one. Ask God to do something a man can't. I'm really about to kick it. <laughs> I'm really about to kick some religious devils in the mouth right here, but I was riding down the road about a week ago. I said, uh, Holy Ghost, I, I know the thought came through my mind. I said, uh, the thought came through my mind. You know what? I'd, I'd like to have a million dollars in lo- liquid funds. Do so much in the kingdom. And I'm telling you, Brother Doug, the Spirit of God said, well, why don't you ask me? You've never asked me for that. And I had to get out of my religious thinking for a minute, Molly, because I was thinking there's no way I could ask God for something like that. And he's like, why not? What do I care? Well, you think because I bless you, I don't have? You think you have like depleted my resources because I blessed you? So I just said, okay, God, I ask you for it. And I I went into prayer. And I'm telling you right now, God's going to give it in a powerful way. I'm sowing my seed for it right now. Chance, come up here and hold this uh, microphone so I can still preach while I write. Hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, I'm sowing my seed for it, Jesus. Because what, think about this. What does God care? Hold on, Molly. What does God care that you're blessed? I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be facetious or I'm, I'm asking you, do you think God I mean, do you really think God's sitting up there saying, man, I can't give you that much because if I do, I just ain't going to have enough. What does God care? He says, no. I will bless you. But you can't do it your way. 
You can't do it the way of the king of Sodom. You've got to do it after the order of Melchizedek. And that is obedience to the word of God. All right, brother, thank you. Bless you. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by this really right now because I don't, I really don't know uh, what to do right now. So I'm kind of stalling. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I know you probably never heard a preacher actually say that before. But uh, I really don't. Blessed Jesus. If I could just. I don't have any. I don't have the words. I wish it did. I, I'm just out of them, God. But I know you can help your people. I know you can. I taught your people about your heart last week. You said teach them about your heart before I taught them about your hand. And I taught them last week about your heart. But I see even through this message, your heart is continuing to be portrayed. Because if we get a revelation of your heart, <laughs> we'll never have an issue receiving from your hand. Because you're that good. And so, Lord, today, I'm just asking. I know that there may be some people that's really just struggling. And God, that's okay because they can ask any question they want from you and you can answer every one of them. You will reveal yourself if they're honest and humble and want you to see it or want them to see it. God, I pray, reveal yourself. In the name of Jesus. Lord, today, let this be a, a monumental day in people's lives. Let this be a, a day, God, where breakthrough happens. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. Lord, I pray don't, that I'm not portrayed as manipulative or anything, God. I didn't ask none of these people to bring this offering. They've done it out of the goodwill of their hearts, God. I didn't ask for it. I didn't command it. You are speaking to them, God, because of it. So, Lord, I'm praying that there would be such an opening in the heavens over this house. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray today that there would be heart, that God harvest would come through in such a miraculous way. Lord, I know we talk about money, but Father, there's people sowing seeds because their children are on the way to hell. There's people sowing seeds because, Lord, they need healings and just all kinds of things, Jesus. You know it. I pray that you'll just do it all, God. Every, every single bit of it. Do it all, God. For your glory and for your praise today.
in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for that. I give you praise today, Lord. We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.